Hi, I'm Nina Endurst. I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. On this episode, Anna and I discuss learning lessons. Take a seat, clear your mind, and let's chat. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. What's up, girl? What's up? I am admiring my <laughs> that I'm hoping I'm in my last phase of this sunburn peeling. I got distracted for a second where I was like, oh, and it's still happening. Great. Nothing makes you feel less attractive than peeling, I think. Any kind of skin thing. I think you're like, mm, like that doesn't make me feel good. You know, it's like, mm. ew. so yeah, it's you. But I'm hoping that this is the last. It's got me scared straight for the rest of summer, though. If you take another dip in the little ocean, make sure you reapply. Don't be like a bad banana and forget and burn the shit out of your shoulders. No, you must reapply, everyone, for many, many reasons. I also really got my ear. So having a peeling ear also will make you really feel like you are a goddamn monster that needs to be kept inside for a little while. So that's yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how right. that's, beautiful I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Heard. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about learning lessons today, which is that's a perfect segue. We are, which it's funny, like in my head, I've been thinking about this. I'm also in a real Usher place. If you haven't watched Usher's tiny desk uh, concert I recommend it but I feel like these are my confessions that Usher bad bad boy Usher yeah I was thinking though that like obviously there's tons of things I've learned you know I mean you as well like we've all learned lots and lots of things but like when thinking about someone giving me a microphone of like what I wanted to talk about as like, you know, hard learned lessons. I kind of came up with three things, I think. And I'll be so curious to hear what, like what we don't have a definition for y'all today. Cause we thought we literally would just try something that was a little less, structured and maybe a little more real of us just sharing our experiences. But I'm curious, what have, what have you come to today with? How did you think about it? I, how do I not think about it? I mean, I'm thinking about it a lot in like the cyclical kind of way and repetitive too of mm. the lessons I've had, the lessons I've not learned and then had to learn because the same thing came in a different package to teach me the same lesson that I didn't want to learn the first time. So I'm thinking a lot about that, but also the major ones and ones that have been kind of, I think more pivotal moments or just things that have stuck with me. I have a really, I don't want to say bad, but I don't have a great memory. I think that's for many reasons, but there were a few that I wanted, I didn't want to like search for them too much. I just wanted them to kind of come to me. So the ones that came to me were kind of interesting. I, I wouldn't expect, I don't think I would have expected the, those to pop into my head. And I kind of, the first one that surfaced was one from when I was a kid, like a, te- like a teenager. And I was like, wow, I haven't thought about that in a long time. So I, I think we're always learning lessons constantly, obviously, I think I'm less annoyed about it these days. Like I think that it used to be a huge pain in the ass, but now it just feels like something I, I embrace for the most part. I mean, I'm not always excited about it, but I find a lot more value in the lessons. And I think the reason that we're here, I, we would be, or I wouldn't know how not to talk about the fact that, you know, we were looking through the videos today just by chance of old soul videos, which was the membership platform we had before. That's how Anna and I connected and created how to be human. And I was like, wow, I was so 
so, 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 so sure that I was sure, even though that I knew that I was forcing some things and not listening to myself on other things, which was not like me. I, I've really learned so many lessons with that business and all of them I'm really grateful for, but in the midst of it, it felt like it's kind of felt like shit. (laughs) Yeah. I think that it's really interesting. The difference between the things that we can, I think, learn and versus what, you know, tends to be like, Hey girl, it's me again. I'm going to remind you about this. You know, like I have so many things that I feel so many lessons. I feel like I can only keep a hold of for short periods of time. And then I forget it and I have to remember it. And I'm like, I think I've gotten to the point now where I accept that, that that that's just part of it. That's part of being a human or that's brains. I don't know, you know, but that like we, I think that is some of the practice of like, you constantly have to come back to like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Oh, right, right, right. Like that's always a thing for me that I have to remind myself about that, you know? And it's interesting to me what I think you can kind of check off of like, I've learned that like as, as much as any, as much as you can, you know, like a huge thing for me, like the first thing that came into my, well, two things came into mind and I'm going to hold one of them back because it's funny. And I, I was, it's funny because ever since we decided to do this, I knew one thing I uh, wanted to talk about, but I was like, dying to tell you but I was like I want her reaction on mic so it's been like this delicious little morsel I've been holding back um so so Anna yeah we won't get to that yet we won't get to that yet as I like to you know I'm I'm setting up my stage yeah we'll we'll, and we'll sandwich that yeah <laughs> so but the we'll s- We'll sandwich it in our in our lessons in our bad in our bad bad ones. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, this was some dumb shit that I did, but I learned a lot. But anyway, a big big thing that I could not learn when I was younger that I began to learn when I got older that hugely changed my life was how to be sensitive but not take everything personally. Because I took everything personal. I mean, and as it like probably up until I was a young adult. I mean, shit, I probably take everything personal now, you know, but like, <laughs> no, you take way less things personally, even since I've known you. Yeah, I really I mean, but it's something that I have to I think it's like anything you you know, it's like you kind of you anchor yourself into something of like nothing is personal, you know, or like very, very, very few things are personal. So it's like you anchor into that, you know, it's like, okay, that's really scary. I don't really know what that means. And I really couldn't understand of like, but if it's happening to me, then it is personal to me. <laughs> like, cause so often I would be like, this thing happened. I have feelings and I would get dismissed with like, well, it wasn't personal. It wasn't personal. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what to do with that. That didn't make it go away. That didn't fix anything, you know, like, and so I got like caught for so many years in that cycle. And I think probably like doubling down on the sensitivity or the feelings to be like, you know, or, or just like going in another direction of like, oh, you're going to say it's it's not personal. I'm going to build a case that is so airtight, you know, like I would just go in these bonkers directions versus learning to go like your feelings are valid. That that wasn't done to you or like it it, it was so liberating for me when I started to figure some of that out. And it was also let me see what I was avoiding by assuming everything was personal. If you assume everything's Mm. personal, you also like disempower yourself. So by like starting to be like, they weren't doing that to me because that's treatment I deserve, you know, like it let me start doing all this other work of like, why did I assume I should be treated that way versus seeing it's an anomaly. Like, 
that are, or that shouldn't have been happening or th- those are moments you need to self-advocate and say like, you know, I'm hearing you're upset, but I don't really like to be spoken to that way or whatever, you know, versus just being like, they were so mean to me or, or whatever. I try to hold it, you know, like in two hands, like, of course you have your reaction and you have your, your thoughts or you think that the situation is X. And then I try to hold it in my other hand of like, they probably didn't mean to do that, you know, like, or that's, they probably weren't thinking of me, which is also a painful thing, you know, like whatever in the other hand. I mean, it's definitely freeing for sure. I similar, but mine's more on, I'm definitely that I, echo that statement. However, I feel like today I was driving. I learned how much I've learned when I was driving in the sky. Full moon makes full moons make people obviously crazy. And people are just kind of like, you know, losing their shit anyway. But we were, I was driving through this like crazy intersection in the sky and a truck was the one who had to yield. And he was like, why don't you drive fucking slower? Like literally screamed that out his window. (laughs) And like, I was like, what is wrong with people? Like, first of all, I was going the ugh. actual speed limit and there was a car in front of me that was stopped. So like, would you like me to plow through so that you and your big male ego? But here's what I learned about what I've learned. My body had zero reaction and I have worked so hard to not engage to learn the lesson that when you match someone's emotions and then you become it, right? And you give, you can swap energy with somebody. And so I would, I'd constantly do this still where I have to continue to learn the lesson and continue to remind myself of the lesson of if, if somebody is angry around me, right? And I think this has helped me so much in relationships too. Instead of trying to fix someone, fix something, if someone's sad or mad or disappointed or whatever, instead of trying to fix it or give them some sort of, you know, action plan, I can separate my energy from them because I think so much of me would get angry because, or would try to fix something or because I was, I was just feeling it so much in my body and so uncomfortable with other people's emotions in my body that I wanted to get, get them out. And similarly, like if that happened to me, on different, a different day. And I was like, you know, in a different mood, I would have swapped energy with that guy. And I would have been, you know, given him my chill or whatever, or I would have let that chill just fly away. And I would have been like, fuck you. And, and what is that going to do other than potentially get me killed in the middle of the street? So what I've learned is that I don't have to take on other people's energy and that is not helpful in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Well, what you're talking about is self-regulation and you've learned that if someone is agitated, it doesn't really work if the way you try to co-regulate is you just swap, you know, like you want to just regulate yourself versus being like, oh, here, just have my chill and I'll take your anger, you know, like we'll just... We'll do a little swap skis, you know, like you're staying in your field to regulate versus taking ownership of someone else's, which is right. something that comes up all the time. Like I'm just hearing it talked about more, which is exciting, but it comes up a lot in regards to relationships of how to self-regulate and co-regulate, you know, because it's like you know, a lot of things, (laughs) I feel sometimes like an alien because it's so far from my own life. But, you know, like something that's talked about a lot is like um, someone working from home and a spouse who works in an office and they come home and they're like, oh, today was terrible. And it's like the the person who's maybe from working from home, like doesn't want to regulate to that stress. So how to like hold space, but not, you know, regulate to that the regulate to the stress how do you regulate to the calm you know type of thing and I'm like oh that sounds all very complicated (laughs) maybe um we just all stay in our own energies versus uh taking it on board but it is really 
hard in the, like, it's so hard. Some of this stuff, like when you're talking about it, it sounds so clear and easy and you do this or this, or you pay attention to this. But in the moment when that stuff, you know, like when you can feel the choice of like, do I give, like, do I give over, like, I'm sure you could have gotten your body involved if you wanted to. Like, if you would wanted to get mad, you could have, you know. But it's like, I'm going to trust what I've learned and, like, stay in this state. Is like, such a nice feeling when something is not just intellectualized, but I think embodied. You know, that you're like, ooh, I figured out how to get all the, like, everybody on board to do this differently. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I think, reminding ourselves that that it also ebbs and flows and changes. You know, mm-hmm. you can just because you've learned something doesn't mean it, it's going to be consistent all the time. Right. And there are days that it's harder to stay embodied in something that you've learned. And then there are days that you really sink into that. I, I haven't been on I haven't been doing like my own practices as in getting to my mat and moving, just doing my own thing without it being for like a class that I'm planning or whatever for a while. And this moon has made me like super emotional and I have my period, but I've just been really like weepy the past week and a half. And I, the other day I was like feeling super panicky in the morning and instead of pushing myself, which you know, another thing that I feel like I continue to learn is around perfectionism. Like I didn't even know I was a perfectionist for so long. I mean, probably until like you and I talked about it. You remember that? That I remember less so than you're realizing you were a control freak. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, same, same. (laughs) I think I really, she was like, I didn't know. And I was like, I, I it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. I just because I mean I was like, fuck off. It's just so well, I'm like I just thought we all knew. I mean I just thought it was a given, you know. Like I, I mean, like it's you know I obviously truly, not an issue, you know. Like um, just thought I just thought I was guiding everyone to the correct place yeah. all the time. <laughs> no, but I, <laughs> but the perfectionism stuff came as a real kind of shock to me where I was like, but that can't be like, I I'm messy and you know, yeah, I don't. And, but I, when I got to my mat the other day, I, I sunk back into something and I, and when something clicks like that for me, I feel like I'm like, wow, I do know this, you know, and it's nice to be reminded and to remind yourself. And sometimes that's, you know, through having a, a hard conversation, sometimes it's really just honoring yourself and your body in the moment. Because what I was supposed to do that morning was, you know, go to my class. And I always go to my class on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And I have to go to my class and because I'm a fucking control freak. And I woke up really panicky and I had a major panic attack. And I was like, you know, you're not going to force yourself to go to class right now. You're going to go into your office lay out your mat and do something for yourself in there and take it easy. And it was like the best decision I've made. And, and I was trying to force myself into this just like scheduled thing, which just feels so not me and like the antithesis of so much of what I stand for. But at the same time, that's something I've learned about myself and continue to learn that just because I am one way and kind of fluid in some ways, doesn't mean I'm not a total fucking control freak who's who wants to be good all the time and feel good all the time and do the right thing all the time and I have to let myself off the hook and be able to switch lanes and acclimate and treat myself kindly when I need and softly when I need that and so I continue continue to learn that and and preach it so I definitely better be teaching it to myself but that's a hard one it it is hard. I mean, I think I remember at some point in in the therapy when all the stuff I had learned thus far in my toolbox, like, wasn't cutting it anymore. 
And I was like, but this is my self-care. This is how I take the care of the self, you know? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't really have anything else. Like, this was the plan, you know? <laughs> and um, Fresh out. Yeah, my therapist was like, these things change. And I was like, mm, no, I'm not a fan of that. She's like, I know you're kind of a set it and forget it kind of gal, like boundaries, rules, like all this sort of stuff. She's like, it's just not really how it works, you know? And that I think is, I think that in itself is a lesson. Like, you know, fuck diet culture. But the one thing I do like about diet culture, I mean, it, it not really, but the whole 80-20 thing of when people talk about 80% of the time they try to like eat or move or be a certain way and they allow for 20% of the other time, you know, that they're, they go off the rails or whatever. I think approaching life or self-care or any of that stuff, like 80% of the time, this is what works. And then there's this 20% of the time that it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. has been for me a way to cope with some of that control and perfectionism stuff. Cause I was the same way when my therapist was like, you're a perfectionist. I was like, for the fuck I am. Like I rolled up here. Like, do you see the iced coffee on my shirt as I speak to you now, Christina? Like, no, I am not a perfectionist, you know? And she was like, nice try, you know? And illuminated all these other ways that it can come up. You know, that she's yeah. like, think about how often you don't do something because it won't hold up to the fantasy you have in your head. And I was like, well, fuck, you got me there. You know, like um, I, you lost me and now I'm back in, you know, and she was like, it was probably a lot of how you received care as a child that, you know, like the more perfect you were in a way, the more your needs got met. And I was like, mm, I think my mom would tell you I was never perfect at any juncture of my childhood, but you know, it, but it was like kind of interesting to think about how like we have this idea of what perfectionism looks like, you know, that it, you're, you know, wearing like suits and very buttoned up and, and it's like, that's not it. Like that's, that's one fact or that's one expression of it. But like, if, Things need to be very much a certain way for you to feel safe or function like that is often a sign of perfectionism, you know, and it is really important, I think, to challenge that when you can. But like often the moments you need to challenge it the most are like when it feels the least good, like when you have a panic attack is not the time you want to be like, Oh, Nina, like this is Nina and we're bumping up against our perfectionism. You know, it's like, you just want to feel better. You just want to not be panicking. But for me, the whole 80, 20 thing has been helpful for me of like 80% of the time. These are the things I go to, to soothe or to bolster myself or, or take care of my, or whatever. And whenever I'm a little, cause I know for me, if I can panic, if like I go to use something and it doesn't work, like I can, I can be like, uh, uh, like, well, that's all I got. You know, like I can just spin out and it's been helpful for me to adopt this idea of like, no, this will always need to be fluid. So it's okay if you can't go to the class today, if 80% of the time we always want to go to the class, but 20% of the time we have to allow for it doesn't work for us. Yeah, and that's a huge part of of the lesson within the lesson, which is like not only can you treat yourself better, you know, around like the block or for because it didn't feel as scary to me as it once would have mm-hmm. to to let myself change the plan or to be I feel like I used to change plans just like to abandon myself. And then I got so rigid about the plans because I was like, I will not abandon myself. Yeah. And then I had to find the happy medium. And I was going to ask you about that because 
I was going to say, I don't think you ever push yourself, which is not what I mean. But I don't. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Yeah, you never push yourself. Uh, just coasting through these days. No. But I think you are really good at not over, you know, not abandoning yourself and not overriding. And I was going to ask, is it is it because you've had to learn that? Uh, yes. Like, that's, I think, the biggest most impactful and consistent lesson of my life is that because I, I was not a disciplined person for the majority of my life in any way, shape or form, I would totally fuck off. I would not take care of myself. I mean, I ate well, pretty much like, but I would just be like, whatever, like I'll have another glass of wine, like whatever. I'll like, I'll, if I don't feel well after I eat that, like it's fine. I'll just, I'll just do it anyway. And everything, my life was like that. So I, I swung so far in the other direction for so many years that when I came to like the way I work now is I, I, yeah, I, I try to just have this structure for myself as my safe space so that I know, but it's more like, I just, it's, I'm in constant conversation with myself, not in an annoying way, but like about nurturing myself. Like I need to put my legs up the wall in the middle of the day. And I, and I can, like, I do that. If my, like Milo, I see it in Milo so much because he's like, I need a little break. He'll be, by the way, he'll be like cleaning up his toys. That's the timing is always impeccable. He's like, I need a little break. (laughs) Like, Oh, of course you're exhausted. But what I have obviously instilled in him is that it's okay to take breaks and it's okay and we need them. And I never used to take breaks. I used to completely, I didn't even hear the system and I didn't have a system inside of me. I just was like, la, 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 I'll just fly all at all highs all the time. So yeah, I had to learn it and I had to learn it the hard way. And now it's about reminding myself that that I don't need to, I have to check in before I do the thing that I'm hoping will help support me in whatever way I need. Yeah. Like, is that really going to help? Yeah. Self-abandonment is probably my biggest lesson. It's, it's for sure not learned. I would say it's on the pending (laughs) list (laughs) any day now Cross those feet. You don't don't have that money yet, baby. Yeah. I, uh, it is being held in escrow. I have not (laughs) been awarded that. I think it's something, I mean, to my learning defense, it's been one I sure as shit have been trying to learn for a long ass time, but it's been a really so much of my life was built upon a foundation of self-abandonment that it was a major thing to dismantle. So I can't be too hard on myself about it because so much of my existence and survival was predicated upon self-abandonment. So got me into a bit of a pickle, if I'm being honest, Nina. Got, Got me into a real place in my life where I was like, this doesn't feel good. And a lot of the things that seem to be happening or going wrong or not working, like all these roads seem to keep coming back to like you did stuff you didn't want to do, you know, or like you, it's not so much, it's not as easy as like people pleasing or any of the like kind of Instagram popular, you know, psycho psychoanalysis terms or whatever but I think the core thing was a pattern of a pattern and a comfortability with self-abandonment that self-abandonment felt so much more natural comfortable right and the way to me that learning that it wasn't it like was such a process and and then starting to trust it and then That led me to what was going to be my my second thing that I wouldn't say I've learned, learned, but I'm on the path of um, both and, you know, that I used to be so hung up on like truth and like what is the truth or whatever. And a big thing I had to really learn is like very it's actually often kind of a negative if you're in black and white thinking things are much more gray than we want to really accept. And 
going into the black and white thinking gives us this like kind of illusion of safety and, and is a lot more comfortable than dealing kind of with both and like, and I had to really learn, I had to start wrapping my mind around that and both and like, I can want one thing and someone else can want me to do another thing, like to even begin to start unpacking and challenging the self, you know, abandonment. Yeah, both and. That's a... Mm-hmm. I don't like it. That's a, mm. No, but you know what? It's it's helpful. It's helpful in the scheme of things in, in, this, in, the, long, in the long run because to your point, it is really tempting to cling to the box and not allow any of the other information in because it's just feels safer and it feels self-righteous, but not, you know, we don't, I don't think we call ourselves that, but it's like, I'm right. And that's wrong. And this is right. Or that's wrong. And while I do think some things are fundamentally wrong, I have also learned that there's, you know, there are such layers to things and people and situations that we all, we really need to account for if we, if we want to grow and we also want to understand humans on a kind of, you know, deeper level, which I think we definitely do. I mean, I don't, I I both can't stand humans and obviously I'm completely fascinated by and have built my entire life around understanding them and working with them. So it's just ridiculous. I mean, that's a classic both and right there, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I hate you and I don't want to be around any of you. And it's all I can think about to do with my life is to serve you. Yeah. I mean, th- there's like, there's stuff that is black and white. Like, there are things like racism, bad. There exactly. is no, I'm not abortion. A, yeah. Good. Um, a choice. Well, a right. You know, like, a right. Exactly. There are, there are things that yes are are black and white. However, I don't know about you, but when I have been the most humbled is when I have also been the most sanctimonious. That whenever I have climbed above a high horse and been like, "Why is that person doing?" or "La la 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 la," that there's like there is only one truth, you know. Then I got <laughs> led into like something of like you know, like, she, you know, like she wasn't cheating on them. Like they had an open relationship, like blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, ah, like we, you never know. you like, you just never, it's like, yeah. Like whenever yeah, yeah, I've been yeah, real yeah. tempted to be like, no, this is, you know, I guess moralizing whenever I've wanted to really be sanctimonious or get into that, like kind of, I think that I think my resistance to black and white thinking now, especially, Especially post, you know, Trump, especially as we become a more fascist state is that is what the right deploys. And so that is also where I'm getting uh, I want to um, have less and less black and white thinking in my own life. You know, yeah, that's a real tool and weaponization of, of the right. And I want nothing to do with that. So I have to totally it and- in myself. Agreed. So shall we discuss our funniest lessons? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you go first. Don't get a prison pen pal. Oh (laughs) my God. Anna. Uh (laughs) Anna. Yep, I did it. Many years I had joked about getting a prison pen pal. I do like... I'm sorry. Yeah. How does one stumble upon a prison pen pal? Well, there's there's websites and and we were like joking about it at work. And this is why I can't work. This is why I can't work. No, (laughs) this is why I can't work at a comedy network in a bullpen office with a bunch of people that like to egg each other on (laughs) because. Wait, this is going to make me sad. Well, what kind of prisoner? He was in Oregon, which was part of my thing if I felt safe that when he got paroled. He was in what? He was in Oregon. Oregon? So oh, he was Oregon. So he was far was like he away. He did something with he okay. um he was he got he, he did burglary and I want to say grand larceny 
And I think when he got caught, he had a gun on him. So that's part of why he was like in prison for years, you know, but I don't know. Like I, Oh, I'd also had torn my calf muscle. Um, I had a 90% tear in my calf muscle. So I like couldn't walk and I was on lots of, of pills. I was on Percocet and muscle relaxers and I would get dosed up and get on the internet at night. And I mean, oh, I was Jesus like Christ. on okay Cupid and I was like, I have never been more dazzling. Like this, I, I'd never understood how people got hooked on pills. And I completely understand now after that, because I didn't feel high. I just wasn't in pain anymore. And I felt like my best version of myself. And I was like, Oof. Oh, I a hundred percent understand how, why people like lose their entire lives in devotion of this, yeah. you know, like, it was kind of honestly a little bit of foreshadowing. Like it little did I know it would become a bigger thing in my life down the road, but like it made me understand it. It made me take it seriously to start also getting myself off it, you know? Cause I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is good. This is nice. This um, is not funny. This is sad. <laughs> well, so then though I started, he and I became buds. We started emailing. It was all fine and well, and where I was naive is he did develop a little bit of a crush. And he did start to think a little bit that like when he got out type things, we, we got in a fight, which that was not what I saw happening with our prison, my prisoner pen pal, because he was like, essentially, what's the point of us talking? Like, if you're not going to be my girlfriend when I get out. And I was like, that was never on the table, you know, it really showed me my own immaturity. And I thought this thing that I thought was like kind of different and funny and, you know, like it, it showed me how little I understood. And I learned more about prison because of him, which I'm grateful for. And it got me a lot more plugged into like prison reform and things like that. But it also taught me a lot about, like, taking people's feelings, I think, a little more seriously, even though my intentions were not negative. I didn't go in to exploit anybody. wasn't going in. I was just in a very different place of my life where I was just really open and open for experiences and was like, I want to like meet everybody and do everything. I was just in a very open place. And it showed me that you can be open and ha maybe have more consideration for people's feelings that you, if you wade into worlds unfamiliar to you, you get problems unfamiliar to you as well. Oh yeah. Which by the way, nothing funny about that story. Zero. Other than the, the absurdity that you were like, I'm going to go on in this website. But then again, it makes me like, oh, because like, and not in, you know, a condescending way, but like, why shouldn't people in prison have pen pals? Exactly. Like some of these people, like it broke That's my so, heart. It's so sad. That they, I mean, like, not the ones that hurt children. Like, yeah. Them, oh, but. I was like, you can search by different criteria. And I was like, nonviolent, you know, like yeah. I'm not, I'm not that person. I don't think serial killers are cool. But I think I also too, like, I have a fundamental distrust of men. So I think it was also for me like, well, let me just go talk to a prisoner. Like, let me go to, you know, like maybe that'll help, you know, like, I think I was trying to do other things, you know, but something about it too, just like really got me of like, just because somebody's fucked up, like, does it mean they're not deserving of friendship or interaction? You know, like, how do we expect these people or to, to be taken seriously? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like not that his expectation was appropriate, but no. the fact that like, of course, somebody who's literally starved for human connection is going to latch on exactly. to somebody who is a human. Exactly. Like when it happened, I was like, you're really like, that was so naive, Anna. Like you're like, bye, you know, bye friend. I'll talk to you later. And he's in prison, you know, and you go back to your life, you know, like I, yeah. I really didn't, I didn't think about it at all. I really didn't. So it was very very educational.
Yeah. Not funny, but naive. <laughs> yeah. Educational. I'm going to change mine. Mine's not fun. I don't have a fun. I can't think of a funny one, but I can think of a naive one. That's kind of in the same vein, but very different. Maybe they're not funny, but they're offbeat, offbeat lessons. Yeah. Yeah. This one was humbling and I didn't, it, well, okay. So my mom and I, I had a friend who started a, helped to start a, an orphanage, a school that was an orphanage in Tanzania, in East Africa. And she's, was amazing. And she still is. I don't really talk to her anymore but she's like a powerhouse and super super lovely woman and and anyway she had asked if we wanted to go and volunteer and whatever and at the time I was traveling a lot and I was like yeah I want to do that and if I can be of you know some sort of help and sure and so my mom and I went together first lesson was don't travel to Africa with your mom but for me was that was a big (laughs) Anyway, the lesson was we get there and if I'm not a fucking fish out of water in the middle of East Africa, like I didn't know what the fuck I was getting myself into. And I felt so ridiculous. I felt ridiculous. I felt ridiculous that I was there. I felt ridiculous that I was at the school, even though I made like a really seriously true connection. And this was when it like really hit me. There was a little boy there who was maybe like seven years old and he really didn't speak. I don't even think he really spoke in Swahili. I think he was, I don't think he was like fully nonverbal, but I don't think he spoke a lot and he was very behind in school and him and I just really connected. It's super weird. Cause when I think about him, I'm like, wow, he, like him and I really just were like magnets and he was attached to me the whole time. And and so I was really focused on like being with him, but I wasn't really, I don't, the people there didn't really want us to be there. Like, yeah. and I don't blame them at all because like, what were we going to do? We were going to come in like fucking the white saviors and like help for a week and then, and then leave. Like, that's not helpful. Like if, if we were giving money, which we did fine, but like, being at the school didn't necessarily provide any sort of like service. However, the kids like really loved having us there. So anyway, this little boy, William lived in a house or not a house, but a space with his mom and their siblings. His mom was had AIDS and his, they slept in one bed. I think it was five of them in one bed. And one day he didn't show up at school and I was really freaked out and I was trying to regulate myself because like, you know, I didn't want to take up space or be ridiculous. The woman, Alice, who ran the school was like, I was like, can I come with you to look for him? So we're literally just driving around on dirt roads, looking for this little boy who's not in school and not at his house. And I just had like such a fear in me. And we ended up finding him at the school he used to go to. So when he was walking to school that morning, he decided that he saw one of his friends and his friends asked him to go to his old school and he must've felt more comfortable there. And so he went there and when he came up, he was like, there was like blood on him, but he wasn't hurt, but he had must've like scratched himself or something. And what I learned was it were a couple things. Number one, I was so fucking out of my depth that I, felt embarrassed that I would even be in that situation. And like, I really needed to check all of the things that I, you know, thought about my, the country that I come from and the privilege that I have, but also just like the, the assumption that like our presence alone would be somehow helpful. Like that really took me down to a couple pegs. I mean, we did some good stuff there and we helped to raise a lot of money for, you know, a house that they needed. But again, it's like not black and white, but it really taught me on the the positive end, how much you can connect with someone that you really like have absolutely nothing in common with. And that was such a beautiful thing that I'll always hold dear. But on the other hand, how these kids were incredibly happy. Like, I've never seen children so happy in my entire life than they were at the school. Certainly not in the States where they seem pretty fucking miserable for the most part. Yeah. Not 
Well, just saying. You learned a lot about like white saviorism and yes, I did. But I also learned about like the assumptions we make about cultures we don't know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that how sad it must be and how awful it must be. And in reality, yes, was it like painful to to come to the understanding that giving his family like a $20 bill would equate to like a month's worth of food. Like that's baffling to me while yeah. there's all these like ridiculously expensive places, but also that, yeah, like we are not, we are not the model of what life should be by any fucking stretch. And that was made crystal clear being in a place that maybe didn't have a lot in terms of money but had so much in terms of faith and life that we do not have here and and probably could never yeah I think it's a pretty valuable lesson for all Americans you know outside of the U.S. to see not everybody wants to be American you know like fuck no the story we're sold about like Africa first of all too like Africa's a continent. So we're sold this idea that Africa is a country in a way. Yeah. And it's all, you know, just like dirt and starving children. And it's like, yeah, it's not. It's, It's a continent and it's got tons of countries and Tanzania is very different than like Senegal and you know like they all have Mm -hmm. their stuff and they all are filled with people that are very happy to be living there and I think it was a video of of a kid in Nigeria who was dancing ballet and incredible and the internet went crazy and was like someone get him to Juilliard you know and all these people were like he goes to the best dance school like in Lagos like he is being educated. Like just because he's in Nigeria, don't make assumptions, you know? Oh, obviously. And totally. And I didn't go into it, of course, thinking, but what it, it taught me a lot about like, you know, internal bias and like just things that we don't really understand. We think until we're in the situation and then we're like, Oh fuck. Like I didn't think I was going to be going to like the most depressing place on earth, but I truthfully had no fucking idea. Right. Yeah. And, and yes, I do think that it really helped to open that channel because I came, I came correct in that I was very humbled from the moment I landed and was like, I am not in a place that I understand and that's okay. I need to like be quiet and observe and listen and ask what like where I can be helpful or whatever, but not assume. And and we went on a fucking safari because my mom insisted. And I was like, I really don't want to go on a stupid safari. I mean, I'm I sorry, mean, but you're that far over there. So you might as well. I hated it. I hated every second of it. <laughs> well, they're, I, really I mean, to be honest, they're a bit it. of a grind. I've been on a safari as well. And <sighs> it's a bit of a grind and, then, and it's weird. And they make like, natives kind of perform for you it's it's not it doesn't feel good it does not feel good at all and also i don't know how many fucking elephants i can see i mean i like they're majestic beautiful creatures and many other cool animals but like i can't drive around for 20 fucking hours on a bumpy freaking thing seeing the same animal over and over again like it doesn't do it for me if you have add like (laughs) i mean like i'm like Get the show on She's the road. Like, Listen, I'm bored else. by these elephants. Literally. Like, Let's literally, roll like, out the tigers. I need something. Like, after the first hour, I was like, <laughs> let's go. Let's be done. Oh, my God. See, I loved it. I did that aspect Ugh. of the, like, riding around. I mean, I that I was very into. The getting up at 5 a.m. and... That like oh, oh we're gonna stumble upon this this village of tribe people I was like no this is gross I'd rather just oh we actually money. did oh that's we we didn't do that that's creepy we actually did because we were something happened with the bus and we had to stop and I actually saw like people from the Maasai tribe and I was like holy shit like kids like walking down the street like walking down this yeah. road and I was like this is fucking crazy it was like totally just by chance. And that also was like, they were just looking right at me. And I was like, yeah, it's great. I mean, like I grew up, I don't, I mean, like I grew up obviously super privileged, but I grew up traveling from the the moment I was born. And 
I give my my parents so much credit because they were like, we want you to know you're a part of the world, like not the center of it. And I yeah. think that, you know, like I understand travel, especially now, like flights are so expensive and things like that. But like it, it, watch a documentary that I think the more we can all try to remember there's a million ways to live and no one's really like, you know, cornered the market, the better. Cause I think the, the, I know for me, the more open I am to like, how do I want to live? What feels good to me? Like the better my life gets versus just thinking I have to like conform to something, you know, yeah, and, and also other look cultures why influence that for me. Like totally. And, and look why we're where we are in so many ways. Right. Because we just have such narrow views of what a life should be mm-hmm. and what it is. And it's, and you really, I think, have to leave. I mean, obviously Mexico is not far away, but it's a completely different where I was completely when I was there. Anyway, it was a completely different style of living. And I was like, even just being there was so eye-opening. Like, I don't have to do anything. You know, I don't have to live in this country. I don't have to live in it now. And that's the privilege that I think we have, especially as Americans, at least for now, that we actually can choose to not live here. You know, a lot of people don't have that privilege if they want to leave their, that place, but like, it ain't it. This ain't it. It's, it's, there's a big world out there. Yeah. You don't have to live any one way and you don't have to be threatened by someone not living the same way as you are. Imagine how that could work. I mean, Sister Spencer Liz gave me a quote I really love where she said, I try not to say I know because then I stop learning. And Mm. I think it's a real good thing. The more you're like, I know, I know, especially about something or a place you've never been or a culture you've you're not you know those are maybe some warning signs to go like i should maybe you know i should maybe accept i don't know and do some research (laughs) or find out about this or how can i go into this situation and not be problematic (laughs) you know like these are things we're doing at this point i think these are the questions we're learning to (laughs) ask ourselves right everyone yeah so now we all know (laughs) we've learned (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the journey. Yeah, tell us what you're learning. What have you? What do you have to yeah. keep learning? I would love. Nina and I are so bored of telling each other, like, oh, guess what lesson I'm being reminded of this week? You know, that we'd love to hear what what lessons do you keep getting reminded of? Yeah, we would love to hear that. We'd love a break Until from next our time. own bullshit. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, look what Sarah's learning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 That's all for today's episode. If you're interested in submitting a topic or want to submit a question for our advice episode, please join our membership community at howtobehumanpod.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, we're guides, not gurus. <laughs>